0: Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga Athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome into to Mox on the Mic. Glad to have you along with us this week as we continue to preview the Chattanooga football season and we get you closer and closer to the start of it. This week, we're going to talk about that game day experience. We'll visit with Randall Coleman, the director of bands. He'll tell you about some exciting things going on with the marching mocks. Ashley McKnight will visit with us from the Ladies of Gold and Ashley Adams, who is the cheer coach and the Sugar Mox coach. She'll be with us this week as well. As we always do, I want to remind you to make sure you subscribe, rate, and review Mox on the Mic. And now let's get into it. Here's our conversation with director of bands, Randall Coleman. Well, look, there seems to be a little bit of a buzz about the, uh, about the, the UTC marching band. Now, can you, uh, give us a a little bit of an update? I know when we talked to you last year, one of your main goals was to increase the size of the band. Uh, it sounds like it's well on its way. Can you give us a little bit of an update on, on where you stand right now? Uh, member wise.
1: Absolutely. Um, We are very fortunate this year. uh, When when we got here last summer, this time, uh, the first roster I got had 33 students on it. And uh, we were able to get around 60 by the end of the year last year. And my goal this year, if we could just break 100, you know, if we could have over triple digits again, that would be great for the second year. And it looks like we'll be somewhere around 120, 125 this fall. Uh, so we're, we're really excited about it. And uh, of that 120 or so, there's 77 freshmen. So the future is definitely looking good. <laughs> we can just keep them all involved. So how did you do it? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, people ask that all the time. It's like, I, I really don't know. I just do what I know to do as a, as a university band director, which is build relationships, especially with the high school directors uh, and, you know, provide what I can for a quality product, because I really feel like, uh, any student that's involved in the performing arts just wants a quality product. They want what they are part of to be good. And so we work really hard to, to provide a quality product. And, um, you know, I, I go out a lot and, and work with the high school bands and the middle school bands and, you know, 77 freshmen, uh, out of 125 is amazing, and just to kind of put that in a little bit of perspective, you know, I, my previous school uh, at the University of Alabama, we usually had between 400 and 425 in the marching band, and our typical freshman class was right at 100 for that 400. So with us having 77 and 125, that you know, if we can keep that up over the years, it'll it'll be really fantastic.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the life of a um, of a band student? Uh, while they're at UTC, the time demands that you place on them.
1: Yeah, it, it's um, it is time intensive, and especially when you look at, you know, it's a class that they take. Marching band is a is an academic class that the students take, and and it's a required class for those students who are in school here to uh, to be future band directors, music education majors. Um, and you know, you put in, we rehearse three days a week, uh, this year we're rehearsing from four until six. So you have basically already six hours of the week that's taken up and you get one hour credit for it. Uh, and that doesn't even include the time on game days on Saturday, which becomes, you know, a 12 hour day pretty much. So, uh, it, and you know, the marching band lasts pretty much all of fall semester. So, you know, it is a pretty significant investment of their time, but you know, most band students are really used to that. They come to us having, you know, 99.9% of them being in a high school band uh, at some point. And, and that's typically a little bit less time than high school bands put in uh, in the fall. Um, so it is a significant investment of their time. And we try really hard to honor that four to six time frame. We start on time, we end on time, because we do realize that they have a lot of other things going on, not the least of which is trying to pass their classes and make A's in their classes. So, um, you know, we really try hard to, uh, to honor that time commitment. And we do. I mean, that's, that's what we have. And that's what we work with. So it's a big chunk of time. Um, but it's also not in most cases, as much as they're accustomed to as a high school band student.
0: Give me your thoughts on what we're seeing at the high school level. And this isn't new. I guess I've noticed it for the last, I don't know, maybe the last 10 or, or 15 years. Uh, a drum kit, uh, electric guitar, electric <laughs> bass guitar uh, in high school marching bands. That's, that's quite the contrast from what I saw in high school 30-something years ago.
1: Right. And, it, and, you know, I'm starting my 41st year teaching and 25 of those was as a high school band director. So, yeah, it's quite different than when I started teaching 41 years ago, for sure. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of the way the activity has evolved. Uh, you know, we kind of have a uh, an activity called Drum Corps International, which is uh, these pro- basically professional marching bands that operate in the summer uh, all across the country. And, that activity is kind of explored that first uh, of using electronics and different kinds of instruments on the field to to give the audience a little bit different kind of sound. And that's kind of bled over into a lot of the high schools, um, which, you know, it it keeps the students excited about things. They enjoy that kind of thing, um, which is great, but it also can, uh, it can kind of take over a program and we move away from what a traditional band sound is. And it's uh, you know, this mic'd up amplified sound altered thing that comes at us sometimes, but, and it's also very expensive to do that. I mean, when, when you have a kind of sound system that you need to make all those electronic instruments uh, amplify them so that you can hear them in a football stadium environment, you have to have a, an incredible sound system that's very expensive. You have to have microphones. I mean, it, and it becomes a, a tremendous production. So, yeah, and, and, you know, as that creeps into high school, then a lot of colleges have moved to that. Uh, there's actually a lot of university bands that have been miking their bands at halftime and pregame for, for several years. Um, so, yeah, it, it's something, and we're kind of dipping our toe into it this fall because of the music that we're playing in our halftime show uh, features a clarinet solo, and it's really hard to hear a clarinet in a football stadium. So uh, we're gonna have to have a microphone for our clarinet soloist. So we're gonna actually gonna have a couple of speakers and a microphone this fall too.
0: Can you give us a little bit of a uh, sneak peek of
1: what uh, what we can expect at
0: halftime sure. this
1: year? Sure, uh, well, you know, we're, we're gonna debut our brand new uniforms, which we're real excited about and very appreciative that uh, the university uh, provided that for us for this year. Uh, and of course, with our colors being blue and gold, we wanted to kind of highlight that. So our, our show is called True Blue 22. And uh, all of our songs kind of focus around the color blue. Um, we're, we're opening with a little short fanfare of the old Patsy Cline and Leanne Rhymes tune called Blue. Uh, and then uh, an arrangement of Blue Skies. And then we're going to go to Rhapsody in Blue, which is where our clarinet soloist comes in. And then the last piece is uh, Cindy Lauper's True Colors. So we are hopefully give everybody a big taste of blue and a little bit of gold uh, for our halftime show this year. And getting ready for our big year next year, it'll be the 100th anniversary of the band next year. So this is the 99th year of the marching band at University of Chattanooga and then eventually UTC. Uh, So next year will be a big year and, you know, already working on some things to make next year special.
0: Is there a challenge when you have 77 freshmen in your, uh, in your marching band?
1: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and you know, it's not like kind of freshmen in high school, you're having to actually teach them how to march and how to stand at attention and how to hold their horn. Most of our freshmen have already done that, but it's, it's a challenge of, of there are a lot of different styles of marching, different Schools do it different ways. And with us just trying to pull it together and make everybody look the same, that's our challenge uh, with that, that 77 people. Um, so, yeah, and, and, you know, we have uh, 77 freshmen and there's 20-something sophomores and 11 juniors and five seniors. So we are a very young band, <laughs> which is what we expected. You know, that that's, that's a good thing.
0: Now, do you change... The arrangement any with seventy seven freshmen,
1: um, a little bit, but it, it, it's uh, we're actually challenging them a little more this year with with the technical uh, ranges of the of the music. It's a little more difficult this year than it was last year, but just by virtue of having more people on the field, it makes things to a certain extent a little bit easier to do. Um, so, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how things work this fall. We're very excited to get students back on campus next week.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about uh, your involvement now with the pep band that we hear during basketball season?
1: Absolutely. And, and that's another area that we wanted to work, uh, really hard to try to, to put that on a, a, a trajectory to get better and uh, to provide a lot of entertainment support for our basketball teams. And that's one, uh, one of the great things, as I mentioned before, we just hired a new assistant director of bands, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, And he is going to be responsible for the pep band. So uh, we're really going to kind of reimagine that a little bit, and hopefully we'll have enough students this year to actually have two different pep bands so that our students are not uh, having to go to every women's game and every men's game, spring semester, which is uh, quite a lot if you have the same people doing all of those games. So we're very excited to see that program grow as well and to try to work hard to provide the most quality program we can uh, for that part of our program as well, because that's really, really important to what we do.
0: If folks uh, want to see or hear, I guess is a better way to put it, the uh, the marching band, what's going to be their first opportunity to see the new uniforms, and to, uh, and to hear you guys in person?
1: Well, uh, for sure, our first home game uh, on September the 3rd. But we're actually, the Saturday before that, on August 27th, uh, we're going to be doing a, a little friends and family performance uh, just through our pregame show and halftime show in the new uniform. Uh, We're still working to find a location for that show, but it will be open free to everybody, and we'll push that out on our social media. Uh, We think we've got a a location nailed down. We're just waiting on some final approvals. Um, But that'll be Saturday evening, August 27th, um, or the next Saturday at Finley Stadium uh, with our home game against Wofford.
0: Thank you for the time. Absolutely. The Ladies of Gold are a relatively new group uh, that is part of the game day experience at Chattanooga. And we had a chance this week to catch up with Ashley McKnight. So tell us a little bit about the Ladies of Gold and kind of how it came together.
2: Yeah, so um, so I got to go back to the team that was on campus before Ladies of Gold. So paying homage to the past, um, there was a previous dance team on campus that had created this really, really cool campus energy, campus culture, um, mainly kind of focused towards the the black community. Um, So they were going to a lot of really fun engaging events. Um, They were involved in kickoffs and homecomings and things like that. And unfortunately that that team ended up um, dissolving over time, but that energy was missed. So in 2019, a student decided to do something about the gap that she felt um, existed in her collegiate experience. So she got all of the right people at the table um, and kind of just voiced this need that she wanted to see on campus. She wanted to see um, a team like what was back in this space at games, at university events. Um, And that was kind of the beginning of ladies of gold. So um, we have been going strong since 2019. Uh, I'd say that we're, like an HBCU style, um, major at dance team. So high energy, um, sharp motions, just a lot of fun.
0: And now how did you get involved?
2: Yeah. So, um, when this proposal got to athletics, they wanted someone that was obviously connected with the university. Um, that had a little bit of experience with the team that was to kind of step into the space and just make sure that it was overseen properly um, and it was moving forward every year. So I was brought into that conversation very early because I do believe that I'm the only person on campus um, that was actually involved in um, Elite was the name of the previous organization. Um, so it was really just great timing and a good fit.
0: Now, do you handle the choreography?
2: Yeah, So, um, I had a lot of help in the beginning. Um, (laughs) so there were some really awesome people that I was able to dance with that helped, um, to create a lot of the content, um, that the girls have. And then I created a lot of the choreography, but now I tell the girls all the time, I am poorly made. So it is on you (laughs) to come up with some awesome stuff that you guys want to do at games and performances and things like that. But I definitely still facilitate, um, those teaching practices and, Cleaning the material um, and making sure that it's it's quality quality stuff.
0: Now, when do you guys have tryouts?
2: So we have tryouts at usually that towards the end of the spring semester, um, before students leave for summer. We'll do. I think this past year we did April, an early April tryout, um, which gave us enough time to meet before everyone kind of ran away for the summertime. Um, so yeah, I, I'm moving forward. I would hope to plan for the same thing at the end of this season.
0: So tell us a little bit about what you're looking for. Do you want major experience as a part of this? Do you want dance experience? What what are you looking for when you are are putting a a team of dancers together?
2: Yeah, good, good question. (laughs) So. Having dance experience is obviously a win. Having major at specific dance experience is even better. Um, but I have girls that are coming from all different walks of life. Um, so I have some that actually did not dance um, in an organized environment, I guess, before they got on the team. Um, but I think that the thing that kind of sets them apart is a willingness to work hard and just being a sponge and soaking it all up. Um, So I wouldn't tell anyone that doesn't necessarily have organized dance experience to not try out. Um, If you're willing to invest the time, push yourself, work hard. um, You never know what could happen. Like I said, I have a few that, um, that definitely showed up and surprised me and I couldn't, I couldn't turn them down.
0: (laughs) A a little bit about their responsibilities. Mm -hmm. Um, What, what are you asking of them? Dear, let's start with this first. What are you asking from them during the week? Because these are all ladies that are having to juggle demands in the classroom as well as this outside of that. A a little bit about their responsibilities.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, in previous years, we would have practice two to three times um, a week. And I would also have a mandatory study hall. Uh, But again, even with that, the biggest thing that I tell them from the beginning, communication is key. Dance and ladies of gold is temporary. This is just a speed bump on, in your big life trajectory for whatever is to come. Um, So if you have stuff that you need to get done, Class comes first. Um, If you have agreed to anything, your word means something. I know you're going to have responsibilities. You have life outside of dance. So I really just try to work with my girls um, and I tell them, as long as you were leaving the program better than I found you, then I did my job. You can, it's anyone can learn a couple of dance steps, but I want you guys to be good people when you leave. So it's kind of a holistic approach every week. It ebbs and flows based on what they need, um, what's going on at the time. Sometimes we have fewer practices if they're scheduled or busier. So around midterms, um, or if they are just life is just kicking their butts, you know? So, um, we are very, very flexible, but usually it's, I'd say four meetings a week, three to four meetings a week.
0: Now, what about on game day? What's the typical football game day like for the ladies of gold?
2: Yes. Yeah, so we start very early. Um, a lot of prep goes into making sure that they are game day ready. So they have to be at the game um, a couple of hours actually before all of the action happens on the field. So um, we meet, I'd say, two two hours before game day. Um, at that time, hair should be done. Makeup should be done. You should have all of your uniform pieces ready to go. Um, we come together, we review whatever it is that we've added for um for that specific game or for that specific event. Um, we get to do the spirit grade which is probably gonna look a little bit different this year, but um we line up and all of the football players get to kind of walk through the tunnel of fans um, and then. I I believe it's 45 minutes before kickoff. We do the mocks walk. So the band is playing and we're dancing, sugar mocks are dancing, cheers doing their thing. So, um, and then that kind of kicks off us transitioning into the stadium um, to dance during the game. But it is a full ensemble every day, every game day.
0: Now, how many routines will you guys prepare for the season? Because you guys have an on-field portion, you've got it in-the-stands yeah. portion, so how many routines will you guys put together?
2: Yeah, so for the content that you guys will see in the stands, this is going to sound like a ridiculous number, um, but I promise it has been a gradual learn, um, so we will start the season with about 75 routines um, specifically, I know, specifically for in-the-stands, um, and then they will have four offensive downs, four defensive downs, so that's eight other dances, Um, and then they'll have fight song, choo-choo, UTC spell out, Um, so that's three more, and then they will have four to five field performance options. It sounds ridiculous. I know (laughs) it sounds crazy, but we pace ourselves. They've been working really hard over the summer, so um, at this point, they have had going on our large practice four, and they have already learned 70 of the 75 in stand dances. So they're in a really good place, but yes, they are working hard.
0: So is there like a, <laughs> is there like a little cheat sheet that you give them? Is there something can they, is it, is it like the quarterback where they've got all the, all the dance moves on the wristband and you <laughs> call it out and everybody checks the wristband and goes, how does this, how do you keep all that straight?
2: I wish I could say yes, but the answer is no. So they have a list of stands they have, you know, in the binders that they've built, they have a whole list of everything that they should be responsible for. Um, and every practice that we have, we start by going through all of their material. So um, muscle memory is real. Um, so obviously <laughs> there are going to be a couple that you'll see more than once. But the goal for this year is that you will not see a dance in the- the stand repeated outside of football downs.
0: All I can think of Ashley is those poor freshmen who are coming in that would want to be a part of this. Uh, is it possible? Can you be a college freshman and, and be a part of the ladies of gold?
2: Absolutely. So I have one right now who's going into her junior year that I got as a precious freshman. Um, and, from what I've been told, <laughs> um, Ladies of Gold has kind of helped create and make her experience, has given her community. Um, we don't, like I said, we don't really start practices until the summer starts. Um, and she actually was a freshman that commuted in for tryout. So she drove to Chattanooga to try out for the team um, before she had even really interacted with campus. She knew she wanted to be on Ladies of Gold. So that was huge for me um and for the team and for her experience um but again we just try to pace ourselves we try to build community from from within so that everyone feels supported um and communication is key they know that if I'm putting too much on them or pushing them too hard it's like all right coach <laughs> we need a minute we need a beat uh we need a reset and then we'll go at it from a different angle but yeah so freshmen are more than welcome
0: Now, should they reach out to you if there's somebody, maybe there's somebody listening that's got a daughter or a granddaughter that would maybe like to be a part of this that may be planning on coming to UTC in the fall of 23, should they be reaching out to you about tryouts in the spring?
2: Yeah, um, I love hearing from prospective students. Um, You can, they can email me to my personal email. So I I work on campus in a different department as well. So I'm all over doing a bunch of things. Um, But my email is going to be my first name, Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, dash, my last name, McKnight, M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T, at U-T-C dot E-D-U. So any prospective student, parent, grandparent, supporter, Whatever it is, if you want to get in touch with me, um, I'm always open to building those connections and showing up in really cool spaces and helping those students that want to be a part of the program um, make as smooth of a transition as possible.
0: Now, how many girls are a part of the group?
2: Yeah, so this year we have grown to 13. So we have doubled in size um, from last year. So I'm super, super excited. We'll have 13 dancers, one manager, and then I have an assistant coach this year because I would have gone crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's the optimal number? Like, is there a, are, are, are you like, hey, I'll take a hundred if we've got a hundred, if, if we can find a hundred that are of quality, but what is your optimal number for this?
2: Yeah, so we're going into year four this year. So next year, is my big goal year. I want to be between, I want to be right at about 15 to 18 dancers. I was going to,
0: I was going to ask you if you could give us like a, a little bit of a, of a sneak peek of, of what we're going to, to see from you guys this year. But With 75 dances, we would have to devote a completely different podcast just to that, (laughs) I think. It might have to be in volumes at this point.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. A golden addition. Um, But, yeah, so you'll see a lot of energy in the stands. You'll see more field action, um, which will be really fun. Like I said, hopefully you'll see a new um, pregame show in the pavilion. So make sure you make your way over to the pavilion before um, kickoff in the stadium. Um, but yeah, a lot of new smiling faces, a lot of really awesome uniform pieces, um, and just a good time. So we're really excited for this season.
0: And these ladies, not only do you see them dance during football, they will be in the stands with the pep band during basketball as well, right?
2: Yes, they will. Yes, they will. So um I'll have hopefully all 13 um at our big conference games, and then you'll see anywhere from about six to 10 um at at any of our other games or during the holiday season um because we'll have games during thanksgiving break and christmas break so hopefully you'll see them all basketball season long at men's and women's games
0: ashley thanks so much for the time look forward to uh look forward to seeing your ladies in action
2: yeah absolutely thanks for thanks for giving me your time and letting me talk about what i love doing on campus
0: well, it just wouldn't be a Chattanooga game day without the cheerleaders and the sugar Mox. Ashley Adams, who is in charge of both of those teams, uh, sat down and spent a little bit of time with us this week. Well, Ashley, great to have you back and uh, to be able to visit with you again this year. Let's, uh, I, I want to get into uh, your responsibilities here, handling both cheer and the sugar mocks. Uh, How closely related are the two? How do you go about kind of dividing up time between those two groups?
3: Okay, so yes, I'm in charge of both cheerleading and sugar mocks, and I have been for 15 seasons this year, so I'm super excited. Um, The programs, I always say to them all the time that, you know, we're one program with two teams, two different sports going on at the same time um the teams seem to work really uh, well together on game day atmospheres um, so we do have joint practices one day a week uh, where we can run what we're going to be doing on the sidelines at a ball game on a timeout you know and things like that pre-game you know whatever might come up um, during a game day atmosphere um, but then the teams do work separately two other days a week um, and dance um, this year we'll have, uh, I've hired an assistant to kind of help me on the side. She's a former sugar mock, Um, just to be more uh, dance oriented, somebody that, you know, knows a little bit more, knows um, how to run the program a little bit more, you know, like what they would be doing on the sidelines and things like that. So, um, and then I have cheer the other two days by myself and it's just great. I mean, seems to be a great group of men and women this year.
0: You guys, it feels like okay. There has been a, I see a lot more uh, about both of these groups now on social media through your Instagram and and tell folks a little about that if they don't follow the cheerleaders or the sugar mocks on Instagram. Where can they find that?
3: Great. So yes, all our uh, groups, including the mascots, have um, their own Instagram page, and uh, the cheer one is Go Mocks Cheer and the Sugar Mox is Go Mox Sugar Mox, and the Scrappy one is Go Mox Scrappy. And um, we would love for everybody to follow us. Um, I have kids on, in the program that run those, um, specifically kids who I know, you know, are very um, educated with social media and they'll run their posts by me um, whenever they are gonna send those out. And um, it's a great way to kind of see what's going on game day wise. You know, they'll post, hey, here's what time the team's coming through uh, for the mock walk. Here's what time the pep rally is. Um, here's what time Cree game show is. This is what kickoff time is. Um, so it's a great way to have game day information, but it's also a way to connect with the spirit teams as much as possible. So you kind of recognize a face that's on the sidelines because You know, we're all out there looking at the football numbers and we know who they are. Um, But it's another way to connect with a different type of student athlete um, through social media.
0: How has it changed, uh, Ashley, over, you've been here, how many years did you say? 15. How's it changed in 15 years?
3: So, you know, I feel like when I first started, um, cheer and dance um, on campus were just, you know, kind of activities. Um, and to me as a coach and having cheered uh, for UTC and, uh, coached for 27 years total this year, um, you know, I, I really wanted to make sure that our teams were taken serious. Like we are student athletes. Um, you know, we work out, we have practices, uh, we're doing difficult tasks, just like any other sport, you know, I, I couldn't imagine my kids going and trying another sport that they've never done before, just as if, you know, other athletes coming in, seeing ours, maybe don't, don't see it, you know, as a, as a difficult sport, but, you know, I always challenge people, come by, take a look, see what these groups are doing, because it's a totally different type of sport. So I feel like the atmosphere has changed, you know, athletic wise. Um, But I also feel like, uh, we've gotten more game day involved. Um, that was one of my biggest goals when I took over was just to not be present at games, but to be a part of the game day atmosphere, be a part of the community, be a part of the fan base, you know, get to know who's in the stands every week, come in to support the mocks. And um, I feel like we've done a, a very excellent job at doing that and connecting with the fan base and the game days Um, for
0: all sports. How do you keep it fresh? I mean not because you're you're dealing with the cheerleaders you're dealing with the sugar mocks both individual groups and collectively and I know there's some staples I mean we know those staples that that we see um you know I could probably do a couple of those basketball cheers I
2: won't
0: okay but I probably could but we see those, how tough is it to, to try to introduce that new material every year?
3: Right. So, I mean, we obviously get, um, new member, team members, you know, that have to come in and kind of learn what we do and or what's expected of them. But we also have those returners, you know, on both teams that help out with that. So we carry on simple traditions, which are a lot of like the chants you're talking about that you could probably do. We do try to keep things simple and keep things repetitive each year for things like that. But as far as fresh, um, you know, we have groups that come in and work with each team uh, this summer. I had different groups and different choreographers that came in to work with us just on new skills that we can do uh, new visual pyramids, baskets, uh, dance skills, you know, that each team member could take a part in and do so that, you know, yes, we're doing a lot of the same to keep it traditional and hopefully have the crowd involved with what we're doing, but we're also going to throw out some new um wow factors on the sidelines hopefully that people notice you know during pregame, during timeouts and things like that so that they see that we are growing and we are trying uh new things uh, and new skills on the sidelines
0: i want to talk a little bit about the cheerleaders for a minute um is it tough to find flyers you know
3: it It varies from year to year. This year, it seemed to be a little bit easier. I feel like as we've grown our program to be more of a co-ed program and after, you know, the pandemic, we were able to open up and start doing little clinics here and there again to kind of prep uh, girls for uh, co-ed stunning. It was, the process was a little bit easier this year. We had a whole lot more to select from and which meant we had a whole lot we had to cut um, to, you know, weed out per se you know because we are not really limited on size but you know we can't keep everybody unfortunately um funding just you know won't support that but it's also not very realistic to have 50 cheerleaders on the sidelines so uh
0: now you mentioned the fact it is a co-ed group the cheerleaders um how many guys do you look for each year
3: So that also varies, but, um, this year I kind of put into place, I felt like we've had enough years where we've been a co-ed team to where the guys, I felt like their skills needed to be stepped up a little bit more. Like we asked from the girls and we, um, I did put a uh, emphasis on the fact that they had to have at least a, a Liberty um, or working towards a Liberty to be on the team. So that weeded out, you know, a handful of people um, this year. We fortunately have nine young men who are, um, you know, talented and, and out there with us. So we have nine guys, nine girls, and um, it's just going to be a great season to see what all they do.
0: And for those guys, and we've never talked about this before when we've, we visited with you in the past, but for those guys, it's as much about the strength training for them, uh, as it is the, the choreography, the routines, the cheers, all of that. There's a separate, uh, side to that from a, from a strength training. Cause I'm pretty sure you have at some point in time said, do not drop my girl. Right. <laughs>
3: Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that's, that's one of the big things in co-ed cheerleading, don't drop the girl, you know, and if you do drop her, cause accidents are going to happen, things are going to happen, you know, they do push Um, but you're right. It's a, it's a strength and it's a technique thing for the guys. Um, you'd be surprised. Some of the smaller guys are just as good as some of the, you know, more stronger guys, you know, the stronger guys, because, um, they have the proper technique. So it's just training them and teaching them the right skill set um, to move forward and be able to do elite things with these young ladies.
0: Let's talk about the Sugar Mocks now for a second. Mm-hmm. I know they started back in the spring with tryouts, and it feels like they have had something going on fairly <laughs> continuous through the summer, whether that's yep. competitions or something. A little bit about what the last couple of months has been like for this group.
3: Great. Yeah, a very dedicated group of young ladies. I'm telling you, it's 13 fabulous ladies, and uh, they are very hardworking. So, yes, we had tryouts back in uh, the spring, and then we take about a month off to get our high school seniors graduated, to get through prom, you know, all things like that. Um, But we started in June with our first practice and uh, basically these ladies are sent videos of what our routines look like, what our sidelines look like, and we expect them to learn them on their own and come back to practice. So um, at the first practice, you know, they knew uh, six or seven sidelines that they um, will be performing during the season and then on top of that, we had a choreographer come in and teach us a home routine. Um, we go to camp. We have an opportunity to perform at camp and um, against other teams in our division. And this year we went to ETSU for camp um, and we performed our home routine placed first, which is amazing. So uh, I commend them. Um But in June, we start practices, and we practiced, um, I think, two more times before we left for camp, and so uh, we added more sidelines as the summer went along, and they eventually come back right before camp, two days before camp, and um, finish up their sidelines and their chants and their home routine, and... We're off to camp for four days, and they go and it's it's not just camp like you think. Oh, yay! It's a lot of fun and stuff. It is a lot of fun, but it's also a whole lot of hard work. Um, so they perform the first night um, their home routine, and then along the next three days, they learn about I think they learned fifteen or sixteen routines. Um, but it's not every girl. It's divided, uh, we divide them into two or three to each routine to learn throughout camp. And so they will have to come back and teach those routines once the semester begins. So get home from camp, we have a few weeks off, and here next week we'll start rolling with convocation, community events, um, and then the semester will begin Monday. So it's very busy.
0: So now, You mentioned the, um, stuff you guys did over the summer and Mm -hmm. taking first place. How many competitions will the sugar mocks and, or the cheerleaders, how many competitions will they take part in throughout the academic year?
3: Gotcha. So in college, it's a little bit different than high school and all stars. Um, we compete one time. You're only allowed to compete one time, one division, one company, and we compete UCA and UDA, and that is usually over MLK weekend in January, and it's in Orlando, Florida. So uh, both the teams, we do plan to take both teams to competition this year, Um, so hopefully everything goes well with that, and hopefully our season goes smooth with that, but um, both teams are, you know. Looking to compete for that um, we will showcase our routines at some point um, and open it up to the community to come and visit and see and watch and see the things that we're doing and um, what we're taking uh, to perform and represent UTC and hopefully we re- we represent them well
0: now how much will you guys change for basketball
3: so um, we're governed under um, a, a under rules, it's called USA cheer. And basically, for football games, and certain surfaces, we can throw certain skills. Um, So for example, we can throw basket tosses, which is a girl jumping in on three guys, they toss her in the air, she does a skill and they catch her. That is legal on a mat on a football field. Um, But it's not legal on a basketball court, Um, just as if like two and a half high we can do two and a half high pyramids, um, for football season or on a practice mat, but we can't do it for basketball. So when we move from and start transitioning, um, from football to basketball, pretty much our whole game day changes. Um, we go to a little bit more simpler pyramids, more that are a little bit flashy and showy. they, They do skills, but they don't do illegal skills that are, you know, unable to be performed on that basketball court. Um, But then I feel like during basketball season, we work a little bit more together as a cohesive group, cheer and dance together. You'll see us, you know, do separate things, do separate skills, do separate sidelines, do separate band dances. Um, But then you'll also see them pair off into what we call our pods and the pods have like three or... Three or four dancers in them. It has three or four, four or six cheerleaders in it. You know, it just kind of depends, and they kind of work together on what they're doing in that pod. So it creates just a little bit of a different game day atmosphere. It creates like smaller groups to hopefully get the crowd more engaged in what's going on, or to yell what the band is playing on their uh, band chants and things like that. So it really is a lot of the same, but when it comes to skills, the skills kind of revert back to some basic skills for basketball.
0: Now folks want to find the cheerleaders and the sugar mocks on game days. Where will they be?
3: Great. So great question because, uh, we're hoping that we have such an amazing crowd down at Finley and the first horizon pavilion But. um, Cheerleaders, we will always be in the tailgating area in First Horizon Pavilion. Um, usually we're about halfway back on the left. Um, I, that varies sometimes game to game. Um, but you always see us in uniforms and we're always probably closer, close to the band members and ladies of gold. Um, we'll be there Um four hours before kickoff actually we start warm-ups and then we head up and do the mock walk uh, which is i think two and a half hours before kickoff and then um take a little bit of a break kind of wander around visit see different areas um and then we do a pep rally that's 30 minutes before kickoff. Um, we always have a small group and mascots in the kids zone area, which is up front in the pavilion. When you first walk in, I, I believe it's going to be immediately on the left. Um, it's a kid zone. They have games and face tattoos and places to make uh, posters for the ball game. And, um, there's always a small group of cheerleaders, sugar mocks, ladies of gold and scrappy there to take photos. So, um, that's a fun game day experience. I feel like that we've brought back the past couple of years.
0: So are you the keeper of scrappy?
3: (laughs) I am. I'm the keeper of scrappy.
0: Now that's got to be a whole different (laughs) skill set, right? Finding someone that can, uh, can play that role.
3: Yes, it, it definitely is. And, and believe it or not, you know, it's not just one person. Uh, as of right now, we have three um, mascots. Um, they trade out during game days, experiences and different events that we do. Um, but uh, we're hopefully going to be adding a fourth one, I have an incoming freshman that um, wants to meet with me, which is great, because it does take a team to do that position he is definitely the most requested I always say he's the most wanted man in the community um, because everybody wants Scrappy to be at something or hey can Scrappy come shoot this video can he come to this birthday party can they come to this event Um, and it's great so uh, the three young men who are Scrappy right now um, they're just amazing And, and you're right it is totally different you know Somebody like me who likes to talk, I probably wouldn't be a great mascot because you're not allowed to talk in the suit. And uh, (laughs) I could not probably do that. You know, that would drive me crazy for hours on end at some of these events, you know. But um, they're amazing young men who really put in a lot of work. They do a lot of training, too. They went to camp with us as well. And um, they kind of learn how to be the same person in that suit, uh, which is great, you know they have to have the same walk, they have to have the same mannerisms, um, they have to have the same signature when they're asked for autographs. So, um, it's just it is a totally different <laughs> ball game per se for them. And but I love working with those guys. They are hardworking. They go out. I mean, they do sometimes two two hundred and fifty events a year, which sounds unbelievable, but that's what the mascot does.
0: You can't be shy and have that job, right?
3: (laughs) You know, what is so shocking is some of the most reserved and shy guys I have ever met have been the most amazing mascots in that suit because they put that suit on. Nobody knows who they are and they just come alive. They become a person that, you know, maybe they're not comfortable with being, you know, out of the suit and things like that. So um, it's really been amazing to see that through the years and everything.
0: How many suits do you have? How many scrappy suits are there?
3: So as of right now, we have two suits. Um, We are looking to hopefully add some more down the line because it would make it easier. But um, we always have two suits if they're because mascots kind of trade out throughout the ball game. Uh, It's really hard to be in a suit in 117 degree weather, you know, on the turf, because that's about how hot it is, about 120 degrees down on the turf on a, very warm day so we always have two suits with us and two mascots with us so they trade uh quarters in and out um but it's funny because people don't usually notice because they're wearing the same thing or you know we blame it on an outfit change you know you see mascots who change their appearances all the time throughout games and things like that so um it, it actually works pretty well. It's been really good. Uh, I have been to many games where I've had the one mascot, you know, and they're always having to take a break because they need a break. It's very hot wearing that heavy, thick suit, and it is thick and furry. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, it. so right now we have two. It would be great to add two more somewhere down the line. Um, so hopefully that'll be in the works within the next year.
0: Ashley, thanks so much for the time Mm -hmm. we will, uh, we will definitely be catching up with you again.
3: Great. Anytime. I love it. Thank you.
0: Thanks so much to Ashley for giving us some time. Thanks, of course, to Randall Coleman, the director of bands, and Ashley McKnight for being with us as well. Thanks to you for joining us this week, uh, as always. Thanks to our producer, Tate Johnson, for putting all of this together, and we hope that you'll make plans to be with us again next week. We continue to get closer and closer to the start of the Mox football season. Until then, I'm Chris Goforth saying so long, everybody, and go Mox! Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe and review and we'll see you again soon.